With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Friday Forecast with the LFC Day Trippers. I am Gav, as usual, and with me I have got Oscar from All Leeds TV. He's fucking way better looking than Joe, which is a plus from the fucking get-go. <laughs> um, we have Matt from the Tottenham blog. Matt, you're welcome as always. And we have our very own Chris Brack, who's been doing the rounds, doing podcasts all over the world um, from a sitting room um, over the last week or so. This show, of course, um, is a show where we preview the Premier League. We look at about six games in some sort of detail. We get Quick predictions off the lads on the other four. We're also going to get them to pick three scorers, um, anytime scorers over the weekend. And we're going to start a new game with all our guests. So we're going to get them to pick a game that does not involve their side. They're going to have to pick a correct score and the first goal scorer. Five points for the correct score, five points for the first goal scorer. I'm going to keep a log of them till the end of the season. Then we're going to calculate it in some sort of way. Grizz won't be involved, so it'll be fucking kosher. And then at the end of the season, we're going to tell one of the lads that he's just the best boy. We're not giving him a prize or anything like that. You know, they get enough attention as it is. Um, lads, I'm going to get straight into it. Um, we have got a few things going on tonight. Um, I've been telling you all about our keen, um, our Keen Strong, hashtag Keen Strong, that competition that we are trying to get live, that is now live. It's in the show description if you want to go in there and get tickets for that. £4.95 a ticket, 499 tickets max. And every time you buy a ticket, every single penny of it goes to his um, his fund that he needs to recover from brain cancer at one, year's, one year of age. Um, oh, but let's get into the football. We'll talk about that a little bit later, okay? Um, Matt. I'm going to come to you first because I said to you, um, we're going to talk about spores and stuff and you went, oh, fuck's sake, do we have to? But I'm not going to start there if that's okay. I'm going to start with your it's other like friends. Cast. I'm going to start with your other friends in football and it's Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Now, Arsenal have been on a little bit of a run. 
Um, they, oh, I can't remember the last result. They were on a little bit of a run. They drew it home to Manchester United, of course. They lost at Wolves because all the players left the pitch um, because the referee told them to. And Villa are being up and down, up and down, but still in a good position. Um, this is a key game, key game for both, isn't it? Because, you know, a win for either of them just gets them up that another notch where, you know, and this league is mad, so it can get you, it can really get you places three points. It, it, it feels like it means more than three points at this stage. It, it does, and most games at the moment do seem like that because you're looking at those teams who, who've who been nowhere near the, the top of the table for so long, and Arsenal, as you mentioned, could well and truly be in a top four race if they can string a few mm-hmm. results together. Thankfully, they had a little blip in, in the run they were putting together as well. And you're looking at Aston Villa, who were who were up there and then had a, a, a rough couple of weeks, and they're now falling down, and it's it just... It, the. The, the craziness of this season is personified by the fact that Villa and Spurs, who were doing so well, are now level on points or close enough to, to Arsenal. And this the whole season is all over the place. And from a Villa point of view, I think they really did miss Ali Watkins in, in that that long period when he when he couldn't he couldn't buy a goal. And he could be a really important player for them in this one, you know, with Arsenal, their few suspensions, as uh, a Louise and Leno, of course, will be out for this one. And mm-hmm. it, I, I'm really interested to see who Arsenal playing goals, because of course Matt Ryan, who they brought in on loan from from Brighton was was overlooked uh, on, in the week against Wolves. And they brought on Runnerson, who, and then we all saw that performance in the cup against Manchester City. Just is not a goalkeeper. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they go with in that one. And, and I think that'll be the 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 big decision in this game for Arteta because Villa have those players who can score goals. They've, of course, Ali Watkins now back in form. Uh, Jack Grealish, Ross, Ross Barkley, Bertrand Traore. They do have such a strong team, and. It's going to be a difficult decision for, for Arteta because you're looking at Runnerson, who is a young keeper who could potentially have a future at the club. And it just feels like Matt Ryan was brought in to be that, that choice. If, if something did happen on the Leno or Runnerson, like you never feel as though he was going to be in that team. So there are big choices there for him. From Dean Smith, I think he knows, he knows his best team from, from back to front. Emmy Martinez did have a little bit of a blip in that game against West Ham during the week. And you'd imagine back against his, his former club, he'd be uh, like fit and firing again. And I hope to God he, he will be. Um, but yeah, as you say, huge three points for each team. Both both of them lingering mid table at the moment, and it could. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Rob. Um, it could it could be season defining for for both of them if they can get a win and really push themselves into that that top race. Okay, um, free world. Um, he is the YouTube ultra now at this stage because he says happy to see Gav. Only watch shows with Gav presenting. Um, hashtag Team Gav. Free world. Seriously, mate, just watch all the shows because I guarantee you. The vast majority of people that are on these shows when I'm not there are better than me. So please go and watch the rest of them. Um, the last minute winner podcast says my mate Matt talking sense as usual. Shame he's a sports fan. Yeah, I echo that massively. Um, I do as well. <laughs> yeah, the way things are currently, you do as well. Yeah, I yeah. 100% get that. Oscar, um, you're extremely welcome to the show. But I want to talk to you about Jack Grealish because he has to be up there as player of the season um, or one of the players of the season um, so far. And when you look back at Arsenal and Villa, I think it was a 3-0 win for Villa at the Emirates earlier on the season and he was huge in that game. He's a special player, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got to admit it. He's, he's a top player. I mean, me and Joe, we regularly, to be fair, anyone that tries to promote Jack Grealish, we say, no, no, he's awful. He's awful. But to be fair, now it's got to a point where yeah, he is pretty good at the, um, at the sport, to be fair, isn't he? I can't really deny it anymore. But yeah, look, I think obviously... You know, he's getting to that age now where he's kind of starting to gradually approach kind of his peak. But for me, he's obviously he's a fantastic footballer. I think it's a really interesting battle, you know, in terms of in the midfield between Grealish and Parse for me. I think obviously in that 3-0 game, I think Parse came off at half-time and Villa just ran right in the second half. I think it was nil-nil at that point when Party came off in the last game. So, yeah, I think obviously Barkley being back in contention for Villa is massive for them. Um, and, and you just look at that team. I mean, as Matt said, there's... It's a good team. You know, that starting 11, maybe you can question the depth a little bit to the Villa side, but Grealish though, I mean, 
he, he can't give him the ball anywhere and you just know he'll take the ball 20, 25 yards further up the pitch. And and he's just a top top talent. And I think the big thing with Grealish is he's adding end products now as well. He's not just he's not just great to watch in terms of you know in terms of pure entertainment. He actually does get goals. He makes deci- he's a clutch player, you know, he makes decisive moments in games and and that's all you can kind of ask for. So yeah, he's probably in contention, definitely, if he if he carries on this form. Yeah, um, Barry Devon echoes that. He says Grealish is adding assists and goals to his overall game. Um, and fair play to him because he's proved um, he's proved Barry wrong. And that's all that matters in the world right now for Jack Grealish is proving Barry Devon wrong. And he has done so, which is absolutely amazing. How are you, Barry? How are you? Uh, Chris, uh, a few people in there... Um, have are mentioning like they'd love him at Liverpool and stuff like that, and I think he's a fantastic player. In a scenario where Liverpool try to sign Jack Grealish, where do you put him? Um, you'd switch formations around. You probably do four-two-three-one uh, and play him in, and play him in the ten and say, "Do you think?" And then you've got Salah and Manny. But in a way, that could be a Firmino replacement upgrade, depending on your point of view. That's the way I could see him working on the Liverpool side. Uh, look, I'm with Barry. Um, I He didn't impress me that much last year. I thought what annoyed me with him was he had a lot of petulance in his game. He reminded me a bit of uh, Zaha. If he doesn't go his way or someone kicks him, that was it. He was done. He was done. He'd lose his head too much. Whereas he's got, he's now got that in his game. I've, he's took it as, if someone kicks me, that's because I'm good. And I'll just go at you again. And I'll go at you again. And then he's added them product to his game. Whereas last year he was doing the Zaha thing where he got kicked. He'd, he'd spend all day moaning to the ref and kind of lose his head a bit. So he's probably got that football maturity um, this year and took on the mantle of, look, I nearly got relegated last year. I'm not having that again. And he's enjoyed it. It looks like a man who enjoys his football. That's how I'd seen for us. I don't think you could, if we put him four through three, I don't think sticking him out wide and just say, stay out wide. I don't think that suits. I mean, Liverpool don't play that. They don't play quite fluid. But I think if I mean I do think Liverpool will evolve to a bit of a a different formation probably next season depending on who we sign in the summer. Anyway, I think four three three might be coming out the side a little bit just just to mix it up. So look, if you, we had a great Jack Lewis on our side, it can't do you any harm. Yeah, I'm just looking at the table there. You know, Arsenal have played 22 and have 31 points. Villa, um, Villa are on 32 points. They've only played 20. They've two games in hand on a lot of teams around them. Um, just coming back to you, Matt, when you look at this one. Um, how do you see it going? Because you, I, I like, Arsenal have been on a decent run. I mm-hmm. I still think they're not good enough. <coughs> I still think that manager isn't good enough in in in, in a key points in games. I don't think they're good enough, and I think that's down to the players they have won and and the manager they have. But what way do you see this going? Because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I fancy Villa heavily. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one to predict because, as you mentioned at the start, these are two teams who both are unpredictable and their their form is is up and down so consistently. I think that that Arsenal squad, if, if you're looking back at Arsenal, probably up starting from like the last three years of, of Arsenal Wenger going into the the Unai Emery period there as well, you always looked at them where they were in the table and said, "Well, that squad is better than where they are." You can't say that anymore. I don't think you can actually look at that Arsenal team and say they deserve to be anywhere more than mid-table or deserve to be in in with the European shout. So it, it, that is, aside from Arteta, I think, who's been thrown into the deep end way too early on in, in his career, the squad just isn't there in the first place. And you know he's not going to get the back end from the board. So hopefully things don't work out there for him. But I would agree with you. I think Villa at home, coming off the back of that disappointing defeat against West Ham, you'd concede two to Jesse Lingard of all players. I think Dean Smith, Dean Smith will look for a reaction from them. And I, th- I think he will get it out of them. And those key players, the Ali Watkinses, the Jack Grealishes, will be absolutely pivotal to, to them in this one. And I, I can't see them uh, coming out of this one at three points. Okay, go on, give us a prediction. Eight, no, no um, 2-1 Villa, I'd say. 
two one Villa. Oscar, um, are, are you are you going are you going on Villa here, or do you think Arsenal can can turn things around and, and get a victory? I think it'll purely be decided on who wins that battle between Grealish and Parse. But I'm I'm going to sit on the fence a bit. Here. I'm going to go for a high scoring draw. I think I think both teams will cancel each other out. Arsenal are playing a bit better football since they got Smith Rowe into the team. They are playing a bit more on the front foot. Lacazette starts to get some goals. Saka, I think, is an absolutely top class player. I can see goals, but I'm I'm thinking a draw to be honest, mate. Okay, I got a high score and draw, no problem at all. Uh, Chris um, uh, Samyak Jane says no Leno Villa are favourites for him. What way do you stand on this? Uh, if Matt Ryan plays, I think Arsenal can get a draw out of the game. If you put that Runnison in goals, I'm be honest, mate. I'd rather have Adrian or Caris in goal. He, that is one of the worst keepers I've ever seen. Oh, he, couldn't, he couldn't catch a cold. He's horrendous. Uh, if he plays, I think Villa win 3-1 three, three, quite comfortably. So I'm going to say 3-1 because I've got a feeling that Runnison's going to play it and I think just think he's crap. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to go with the same score. Um, I don't fancy Arsenal at all this weekend. I think I think um, Oscar's right. I think Partey and Grealish against each other, whoever gets the better of that, um, could go a long way to... to seeing what way this game goes because if Grealish does get beyond him and is looking at the likes of uh, Watkins, Traore, whoever it might be, um, they have the pace to get at, get at Arsenal. Of course, they have got Luis out. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing at this stage, to be honest, but I'm going to go 3-1 for Villa as well and we'll all, we'll all be here on, on, on Monday going, yeah, we're all Egypts. We don't know what we're talking about, but that's the way things go. That's why we're here, to make predictions and make feel of ourselves. Um, quick, quick, quick ones. Uh, Chris, Burnley v Brighton. 2-0 Burnley. Okay. Um, you're only saying that because Brighton won on Anfield. I know you are. Ma, um, I'm Fanny Bitter. I know you are. Uh, <laughs> I'd say one all. One all. Okay. Oscar? 1-0 Burnley. 1-0 Burnley. Okay. No worries. And another quick one, Chris, back to you. Uh, Newcastle v Southampton. I think it's a good game, actually. 2-1 Southampton. Okay. Ma? Yeah, 2-1 Southampton. Okay. Oscar? Yeah, I'm going to go saying 2-1 Southampton. Okay, they've been beaten 9-0 in the last game, lads. But it's never happened last time they last 9-0. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, I think Newcastle might get something over. They'll be buoyed by that um, result at Everton. I think that that's held them in a big way. Kevin Sullivan has 3-0. Um, a lot of people are back in Southampton here. Nagab says 2-0 to Southampton. Uh, oh, Macker has 2-1 to Newcastle. And so does Dan Jay. So it's fairly split in the chat as well. If you're in the chat, please hit the like button. If you've already done, brilliant. If you haven't already and you don't want to miss anything, do it on your way out. Hit the share button, share it to your social media. And if you haven't subscribed, please do hit subscribe. Um, on to our second game that we're want to cover and it is Spurs v West Brom and Matt I'm going to leave you to last um, Matt's just turned off his camera he's gone <laughs> I like I like that um, but um, lads Chris I'll come to you first Spurs get beaten by Liverpool is it three defeats in the bounce I think they get beaten yeah, by, by, by yeah they get beaten by Liverpool yeah. and I thought they were dominated by Liverpool I thought I thought it was a harsh lesson I think Spurs were taught that night Um by Liverpool and, and like me and Matt have discussed Liverpool and Spurs loads I know Matt went into it fairly confident and so did I but I just felt in that game that you know Liverpool have a makeshift defence um, with Henderson and even more so in the second half but their use of the ball and the way they, the way they pulled Spurs around the, the park Spurs lost lost a lot when Kane went on and Gareth Bale isn't a footballer anymore, in my opinion. The way he came on and st- strolled around the right wing was hilarious to watch. But they go then, they lose to Brighton, which I expected because I, I thought he'd suffer after Kane being injured. And then, you know, 
they lose that and then Chelsea and their new manager um, get a win against them. Um, George What's he called again? Oh, the other fella. <laughs> um, I'm not saying his name. Um, but TT. But yeah, but but Chris, when you look at this, like West Brom have shown bits um, at times, including at Anfield when they get a draw, but they've been hammered at home at City and stuff like that. Is this a good game for Spurs? Because I think it is. I, I think I think it's a good game for Spurs, even though they're missing Kane or whatever, because I think West Brom are gone. To be honest, you think that, but I thought West Brom were gone when they played us. Spurs and Liverpool have got very similar issues at the moment. Low blocks at the moment, we're just having a nightmare against. Absolute nightmare. I think without Harry Kane, um, they'll sit so deep it'll cut the space off for some. And for some reason, he doesn't fancy uh, Vinicius. Is it Vinicius? I can't remember. I probably bastardized his yeah. name there. That's him. Sorry, I probably bastardized his name there. Um, he doesn't fancy him at all. He fancies playing the, the 300 grand a week traffic cone who just stands there. You know, Gareth Bale was a great player. He can't run. He clearly doesn't. He's got the Daniel Sturridge's about him. I think he's got that thought in his head of, if I, if I run, I'm going to rip the hamstring open. I think he's got that fear in him that he doesn't want to run. And he's not doing any clever interlink play to help us. So I think it's a horrible game for Spurs because I just don't think it suits them. Uh, they probably actually prefer someone like a Fulham who are a bit more open and actually probably have a go at them because it would give them opportunities to get behind. Uh, I still think Spurs will win, but I think it'd be one of those horrible, horrible, tight win by a goal games. It's not going to be a nice watch, but I think I, I still think they'll get through it. If they don't, I mean, Mourinho. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Seems in his press conference, seems to be going. Seems to have jumped into year three. What's happened? He's already talking about how many titles he's won and how he needs to be respected. You know, which is generally telltale sign he's fucking off soon. You know, that's generally that's generally his mantra. Uh, the only problem he's going to have is he'd be lucky if Levy Levy pays him a big buyout buyout to sack him. Levy's not a stupid man. No, he's not. But but you see, the thing is, I think what's going to be difficult for some clubs this year is that you know you have got the COVID situation. You've no fans in ground. You've got games every two and three days. And and, and there is, there's a multiple of factors, you know, me as a Liverpool fan, I see it. And then when you throw in the players that were missing on top of it, I've said it, it's catching up for us, you know, the way. And, and you just have to hold your hands up and go, listen, we can only do our best here, you know, but I think the, the problem some clubs are going to have is if they had top four hopes and they come fifth or sixth, it's hard to explain because even though it's a mad year, you're still expected to be right up there. This is a chance for teams that would hover around fifth, sixth, seventh and absolutely get, have a right go of fourth or third or whatever. But if you're seen to, I'd like Spores to be top four, you, you know, nailed on top four and they drop out, that, you know, there could be trouble there. I don't, I don't agree on the Mourinho thing. I think he might be there for longer than people expect. Um, I really do. He looks fairly committed to Spores. Um, Oscar, Gareth Bale does intrigue me because, you know, a wonderful footballer. He's won, he's won so much in his career. Um, you know, people say he prefers playing golf and stuff like that. But is there an argument to stick him up front? Is there an argument to just go, listen, go up front and hang around the box? Cause he's a good finisher. He's good in the air and he just doesn't look interested. I think so. I think obviously I, I like my Spanish football and I've, you know, watching Gareth Bale the last two years in Madrid, when Spurs made that sign, I just thought straight away, that's heart overhead. That makes no sense for Tottenham. They've got all these attacking players and they're spending 300 grand a week, even if they got him for free. It, it just makes no sense why they're bossing. But if you're going to get the best out of Gareth Bale, I think you just make his game as simple as possible. As you, sa- as you said, Gav, in this centre-forwards, 
doesn't have to run loads because you've got Son, you've got um, you know, you've got that work rate around him and on the belly behind him, you know, you've got like those those interesting players around him to an extent, you know, the players that can make something happen. And, you know, we can just stick Bale there in the middle of the box, get on the end of things and try and get goals that way. I think it probably is your best bet, to be honest, if if you top them. Um, you know, if you're gonna try and get the best out of Bale. But for me, if I'm being honest, I'd probably just go with Vinicius. I don't think I'd even have Bale in the starting eleven. I don't even know if I'd use him off the bench. I mean, Mourinho's getting a lot of criticism for it, but I, I think he's right, to be honest. I think he's right to um to not trust Bale. I don't think Bale I don't think he cares anymore. I don't, honestly don't think he cares anymore. I think he just yeah, I think he's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a strange one, Bale. I think you don't look at his body language compared to what it was last time he was at Tottenham. You know, he was the he was the man, wasn't he? He was the man. He was probably the best player in the Premier League at the time. And he's just, yeah, he's half the player now. And, mm. uh, and I think the only way you do get anything out of him is put him up top and try and get, because he is in the air. I mean, you look at West Brom, the height they've got. You would, I would still fancy Bale to beat their centre-backs in the air, to be honest. So, yeah, it's definitely a shout from that point of view. The yeah, I, I, I was just, uh, I just came into my head when, I, especially when he came on against Liverpool, I thought there's no movement there. And I, I don't think, does he care? I don't know. Well, look, let's, let's ask the sports fellow. We'll ask him loads of questions and see what he thinks. Um, Ma, um, you know, hi. Th- hi um, and before <laughs> I go on, the Shanky Red has given us a donation for Keane, which has been noted in the book here beside me. And of course, when, when we get to the end, I will donate all of that, um, to Keane. So, um, and of course, in the description, you have got the live draw. Um, but Matt, you know it's three it's three defeats on the bounce. I think they were they were outplayed by by Liverpool. The Brighton one, bit of a hangover I think from that game. McCain being missing, and then Chelsea. I don't think they look great. Does he have to mix this up a bit? Does he have to? Would you go with a bail up front? Would you put Vinicius in more? Uh, what what would you do to to kind of jolt this team a little bit? I'm honestly at the point I said it in my watch long after that Chelsea game last night. I said, "There's a, a young lad you probably heard of in Dane Scarlett in in our youth academy right now. He's 16 years of age and he's banked in 14 goals in 10 games this season, and mm-hmm. he's scoring for fun. I'd give him a chance. Honestly, okay. like you know, Vinicius hasn't done enough. I've been an advocate for him to get in the team, and he got his chance yesterday against Chelsea. I don't know if you saw the chance he missed in the 87th minute, a free header from four yards out, and he put it wide. Mm-hmm. His movement wasn't enough. You know, he's there to hold up the ball. He couldn't do that. He wasn't strong enough against the opposition players. He couldn't get in behind. His movement's non-existent. Gareth Bale is he's he's a snail and honestly like I love the man to death he gave me you know he made me fall, he's one of the players that made me fall in love with Spurs but you know people go on and say oh he's their only player who scored in all competitions this season he's one goal in the Premier League one goal in the Europa League one goal in the FA Cup and one goal in the Carabao Cup mm. like it's 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 stat padding at that stage when you're just getting the, the goals in all competitions well it's not even stat padding it's just <laughs> it's <laughs> convenience thing. rather than anything else yeah yeah he can't even manage to stop at. Uh, Lucas Moura is still living off the hat-trick in Amsterdam. Honestly, he's done nothing since. He scored a hat-trick against Huddersfield at the end of that season, but he he just runs around. Honestly, he's like he's no footballing ability. The one thing that you can praise him on is he'd win an aerial battle against whoever he's up against. If you put him up against an eight-foot centre-back, somehow he'd still manage to win that ball. But in possession, he's not good enough. Is, it's, is, is it... Is it- is it the style of play though, Matt? Because I remember talking to you before Spurs came to Anfield, all right? And talking to you before we went to, to I just still call it White Hart Lane, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Um, but I remember talking to you when you were saying, and, and we both agreed, Don't I'm not saying that you said this and I thought you were mad. We both agreed that Spurs are buying into the way Mourinho wants to play. They're buying into his system, his, 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 um, his ideas, you know, his, the patterns of play, in particular Kane we were talking about at the time. Is it a case that, you know, when Kane goes, 
They don't have anyone to fill in that gap where dropping deep, turning, looking for Son or Aramora or whoever it might be off the flanks to go in behind. And because Spurs aren't moving, because they've lost that player and they're not moving away from that, that's Mourinho's fault and, and, and it's making them suffer even more. Maybe a change-up of stuff, maybe a change-up of formation of the way they want to play might help these players that are available. Yeah, I, I fully think so. Like, I know like people always say it and you laugh and say, well, obviously that's the case with everything. But with Jose, when you're playing that type of football and you're winning, it's the best thing in the world. But as soon as things start to go wrong, it's the worst thing in the world. And you know, Deli Ali is a player who, who should have been in this team a lot uh, further back in the season. But it feels as though Jose was making those those team decisions on a personal basis rather than on what Delhi could actually <coughs> offer us. And look, people are saying that the last week has proven that Tottenham are a one-man team. We were a pile of crap before Harry Kane was injured. We've lost five of our last nine games. It was uh, Crystal Palace the Sunday before we played Liverpool the first time is when things started to go wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, we lost to Liverpool, then we lost to Leicester. And I think it's really interesting how the the situation we're in this week, say before the Chelsea game, is the exact same as where we were in early December. We lost a midweek game against Liverpool that we, we were going into a thing we should win. And then we had a ridiculously lacklustre performance on that Sunday. Last time it was Leicester, this time it was Brighton. And the first time Jose managed to get a reaction from those players to some degree, you know, we, we weren't quite getting the results, but we still managed to actually show a bit of passion on the pitch. And, like we're looking at the games we won in January. We beat Stoke, we beat Brentford, we beat Wickham, we beat Marine, we beat Sheffield United. So there was a bit of a buzz thinking, oh yeah, maybe we could do something. But as soon as we had played against a team with any bit of quality, uh, everything, and I mean everything, came crashing down. And the players had bought into Jose's style of play 100%. Why shouldn't they? You know, he's one of the most successful managers in world football. But if you watch that game against Brighton on Sunday, and if you can point out to me one player that actually looked like he cared, I, I, I thank you for it. They just, they don't seem to care anymore. There was sometimes last night where the high press was... Like honestly, like Son was standing there, the ball has played two yards in front of him, and he just watched it go past him. And he's mm. he's apparently the most passionate player we have on our team. Against yeah. Chelsea last night, Musa Suzoko was the it was probably the worst performance I've ever seen from a player in a Spurs jersey. And he was on the same pitch as Serge Aurier. You know, the, the thing I said about Aurier last night was when he, when we got forward, he wasn't there, and then we got counterattacked, and he still wasn't there. And you're mm. thinking, where is he? What, what what's he doing? But Suzoko, yeah. no effort, no, and it, it's all the players. Even Hoyer <laughs> last night couldn't keep the ball, he couldn't win the ball back, he looked like he wasn't trying. And he's, you know, he's at the, the the enforcer in the middle of our park and we couldn't get anything out of him. Toby Alderweireld was, was shocking and I've never thought I'd say it, but Toby Alderweireld made Eric Dyer look bad and don't even get me started in Eric Dyer's breakdance got, which got Chelsea a penalty. It's just everything yeah. seems to be going wrong and, and when this happens, the players are going to turn against Jose. And on your point about the attack, there have been reports in the last couple of days that the Spurs players are so confused as to what they should do when they're going forward because the the attack is so focused on Harry Kane and his passing ability. But that's, that's what I'm like, saying, yeah. It's, yeah. it, it, is it a case of, you th- and not a one-man team, because that whole one-man team is bollocks, to be honest with you. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if it's a one-man team, take, send the other 10 off, send them to the pub and see how that one-man fella gets on. It's it's not how it works. But yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, is it, especially with the the way Kane has adapted his game to Mourinho and, and the way he wants to play, it seems the importance of what he does has been magnified. You know, if Kane was just up front, running the odd channel, looking to get in behind, play on the shoulder, and he, and he goes out, it's fairly easy to replace that. You get a fellow with pace and you say, look, run off the back of him. But the way Kane was getting way more, he was way more important to Spurs build-up play, um, their midfield play. Um, he was literally dropping as a fifth midfielder to outnumber teams. Yeah. And now, it's, is it a case of just, he's gone and everyone's gone, well, there's no one taking his place, and this is all we know what to deal with. It's like, you know, no plan B, no plan C. That's that's the way I that's the feeling I get off it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was wrong, but you're agreeing with me, so I'm delighted. No, there's there's people like these reports are saying that the the Spurs players don't know what to do because the the attacking training they're doing is so minimal, and it's just basically Kane gets the ball and you run. It's the most yeah. basic attacking training you can think of. And like I'm looking at Ndombele, 
who we paid sixty-five million pounds for, who is one of the most technically gifted players I've ever seen in a Spurs jersey. Why why isn't he able to fill that void? Why can't he get in there? And like, look, fair enough, Kane has been absolutely outstanding for us. Twelve goals, twelve assists in the Premier League this season. Crazy, crazy numbers. But at the end of the day, all he's doing is getting back and just pinging the ball over the back line. And mm. Dominic for sixty five million should be able to play a pass over the back line that doesn't reach the goalkeeper. And but I know it's, the, it's it's really simplifying what Kane does, but it's the truth. But this is the point so, I'm making. Like if if I'm Spores and I'm not telling Mourinho what to do, who the fuck am I to? But what I'm saying is, if I go in and I say, right, well, we change it up a bit, we might go Heiberg and An or whoever it might be, and I'm going to stick Endembele as a ten. All right, I'm going to stick him as a ten with two men out wide, and you know, son up front. And I'm going to and I'm going to try not replicate what Kane does because he usually plays in that centre forward position but he, he, it's false nine-ish isn't it instead of yeah. doing that and saying I'm just going to put someone right up front and I'm going to play on them and them belly off him. and between those two they can try to replicate what Kane is doing but it's it, it'll be interesting to see um, especially against West Brom who will come out and just sit there and say not, we're not doing that we're not interested um, and yeah. see if you can score but let's get some predictions Chris I'll go to you first 2-1 Spurs 2-1 Spurs uh, Oscar 1-0 Spurs 1-0 Spurs and go on man. 1-1 1-1 I'm going to go I'm going to go for a 2-1 Spurs win I think Spurs will just about edge it um, Shankly Red is asking the chat can he leave his money for his tickets for um, the Keen uh, draw in here no you can't mate you need to go to the link in the description it brings you to the um, Football Prizes website you fill in a little um, like a little account uh, login that takes a minute or two and then you can just buy your, buy your tickets from there we can take the money and then go and buy the tickets for you um, because they need your email address and stuff for prize winners uh, Dan Jay has got 2-0 to Spores Free Ward has a 1-1 draw Stephen O'Connor has a 1-1 draw Kevo Sullivan goes 2-0 Spores so there's not many um, fancy and oh oh no hold on Nagab says Tottenham nil West Brom 1 um, uh, do you know what I, I can't I can't back the thoughts of Sam Allardyce's team winning any game of football winning anything you know the nice is gravy and Bolton I just can't back Sam Allardyce to win anything I really can't I'm so sorry I just wanted to get the first relegation on his uh, CV he'll walk before it happens he will he will we all know he will and then yeah. he'll, he'll, still get, he'll be praised for it yeah uh, PAFC says 1-0 to Spurs Ronan O'Donnell has uh, Avo has 4-0 um, Ronan O'Donnell is there he has 2-0 so a lot of people are back in Spurs um, Masso you, you know it's all it's all good uh, Craig Lowe has a nil all draw so don't watch the game it's going to be crap Um I have to go up let, at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning to watch along for that. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> the next one up is United v Everton. And of course, United did beat Southampton 9-0 the other night. Um, scored some good goals. Fella sent off, right, rightly so, after two minutes. The other sending off was an absolute joke. Um, how you can make that decision, look at VAR and decide that the decision is correct and then come out the following day and rescind the red card is just VAR, lads. It's absolutely unbelievable. But Oscar, I'm going to come to you first because... Um, you know, Everton were disappointing last week when they drew one all at Leicester. They were lucky, even though the fellow with little arms and goal let uh, Tillman's shot in. They were beaten at home 2 0 by Newcastle, but they went and won at Leeds and it's kind of given them another kick and with, with results again going for them in a, in a certain sort of way, just above them. Um, it was a really important win, but when you look at this one, um, Everton have just beaten you. You don't like United. Um, what way do you see this going? Um, depends what VAR decides, to be honest. I think it, it could be nil-nil. Both teams can go off the pitch and decide, oh no, we'll, we'll let we'll let Man United win. Um, but no, look, I'll be serious. Um, Everton, to be fair, I was 
I think defensively, I think he underestimated them, to be honest. I think Mina, Keane and that lot played really well. Um, Holgate was fantastic, to be fair, at right back. Godfrey did well. Digne, superb going forward. So you see what that Everton, Everton team's got about it. But you can also see why they dropped points, because I think in that second half in that game, we had a lot of joy against them, you know, in terms of the midfield didn't really protect the back four very well, to be honest. I think there's a lot of space between the you know, the back four and the midfield. And you can probably see like a Bruno Fernandes probably slotting into that space, Rashford, Martial, et cetera, et cetera, really exposing that a little bit more than what we were able to, um, because obviously the quality difference is there. But yeah, I think you look at this game, it, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if Everton go and win, to be honest. It really wouldn't surprise me. I don't think that's going to happen, but you just never know that with this Everton team. They have got they have got it in them to... Uh, to really produce a masterclass. And I think the big thing was from when they played us, Hamas Rodriguez didn't even go on the pitch at any point and they were still able to create chances. So there's a lot about Everton that's that's quite good, but there's also a lot where you look at them and think they're a little bit they're a little bit weak in terms of mentally for me, in terms of they can, you know, they were two 0 up in the game, really comfortable against us, and then we scored. And let's be honest, I think Robin Olsen was fantastic for them. If Pickford was in goal, I honestly think we'd have probably won the game, never mind drawn it. I think the amount of efforts we had, we made two or three seriously world-class saves, to be fair. But yeah, Man United, you look at, and I think Shaw, to be fair, has really stood out last couple of weeks, I think at left-back. Um, and there's clear the quality there. Obviously, Cavani might play. And it's just the rotation they've got. They've got so many different options in that lot. And I, I still think it's a game that I probably expect Man United to win. But if Everton are on it, then why not? They can still get something. Yeah, like Chris, you know, in fairness, like we watched United, we are close quarters over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think um, we, we felt they weren't brave enough at Anfield when Liverpool were at the height of bad form and and whatever else, and, and and players being out. They beat us in the cup, but Liverpool were quite good that day, I thought. And they've had a little bit of a, a blip since, but the Southampton want to give them loads of confidence. I think they've two fairly well matched sides. You know, I think Everton are down probably in seventh or eighth at the moment. United are currently second. But when I look at them, I can see where both teams have have chance to score, but I've, I've I can see where both teams are a little bit naive and vulnerable as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh the probably big plus for Everton is that they haven't got uh tiny arms in goal. I think him breaking his ribs probably the best thing that happened to them. Because uh, at least Olsen is a competent goalkeeper. He's not you know I think he's more consistent than the fellow they've got. Defensively, actually, I think Everton are quite are quite good. I think Godfrey's been brilliant for them this year. And getting Luca Dean back, I think, gives him a real buzz. Um, I think Calvert-Lewin's Calvert starting to find goals again, which I think is what they need, because he did go through. People say, treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Bit of a bit of a barren spell. And you would hope for them, Hamas Rodriguez starts against United because I, I think he's very good at winning cheap free kicks. You know, that's what you need. You need, you need those sort of players on your side. United, yeah, look, they did, you know, they played 10 men after two minutes and they slapped them 9 0. You can only beat what's in front of you. You know, and Southampton were there for the taking and fair play to them. They took advantage of it. Um, I'm still never convinced by that United defence. You know, I still think there's a risk in it. I still think there are certain players you can target. 
Uh, I think Shaw's been their best defender this year, which you know a couple of years ago he was getting lambasted. Uh, so I, I I just think this is going to be a high scoring draw because uh, I think both sides can cancel each other out. Okay, um, Ma, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm tr- I we 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 talk an awful lot about United and you know. Going forward on the break, I think they're particularly good. You know, the, the people that say they get fortunate decisions and stuff like that, and you've seen it the other night, and and it has happened. But looking at Everton, like if Everton are going, like you kind of know what you're going to get with United now. You know, on the majority of the time in the style of play that they're going to bring into a game, regardless of whether it's home and away, in my or away, in my opinion. When you look at Everton, what what do Everton need to do approaching this? Because do they need to do they need to just let you know you try to come on to them and, and try double bluff them or do you think they should go for them? Should he low balls in the box because Calvert Leon is extremely good. Richarlison hasn't looked really good in, from what I've heard from Everton fans over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. What do Everton need here? Because I think it might be a midfield battle. I think that's that's where it might be won. Yeah, I think it's a really tough one for Everton because credit to United, they they have looked good both uh, going forward uh, on the counter-attack and sustaining attacks this season. And look, if Everton sit behind the ball, of course, they do have the, the chance to to catch United on the break. I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, Solskjaer goes at Maguire and Lindelof or Maguire and Bailly. And I think if it is Lindelof, uh, Everton need to target that right-hand side because Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Victor Lindelof, they hold hands every time the other team has possession. There'll be so much space out that left-hand side. And even though Richardson hasn't really been at it lately, if he can exploit that space, if he can have Luca Dean uh, down the left-hand side go with him, I think they can really hurt uh, United with crosses from that left-hand side, as you say, uh, going into to Calvert-Lewin. And it's interesting from a Solskjaer point of view that everybody knows the weaknesses United have. It's that defensive side and the right-hand side and the ball's into the box along the ground, Harry Maguire. So he's allergic to them. He'll watch the ball go past him. He won't clear it. So if they yeah. can target those sort of things, I do think uh, Everton could have a lot of joy down that left-hand side. But if they do sit back, it pains me to say it, but United do have the players that can, that can unlock a low block in, in seconds. You know, they've Bruno Fernandes, who for me has been the best player in the Premier League in the last year. They've Paul Pogba, who when he does show up, he can bang one in from 30 yards or he can play that deft pass over the defence to, to pick out a player. And I think Cavani could be really important for United if I think he is uh, having a late fitness test or something for this one. If he does pass fit, I think he could be really important because Rashid and Martial just don't cut it for me. You know, they, they will, like Martial, he, he, he bagged a goal there on, on Wednesday against Southampton. Rashford, he, he's hot and cold. You know, he could put one in from 30 yards and he could miss an open goal two seconds later. So it, it depends on which one of them show up. But for Everton, getting targeted on that left-hand side. Now, as you say, the midfield battle is going to be crucial. Uh, Fernandez pogba could be so important for United. Will it be McTominay in there as well or Fred? They're both really good footballers, but I think have weaknesses more so than than those other United players do. And James Rodriguez as well could be absolutely crucial because he is that man who can he can pick out a pass from, from anywhere to anybody. And with that weakened United defence, he could be so so important for them. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to picture in my head what way both teams will go. And I think you. You know, in fairness, like people do slay Fernandez because he goes down a bit easy. The penalties he gets, like that. That's he's a stat patter. Like he's he's the ultimate stat patter. There's no there's no doubt about it. Um, I don't think he shows up enough in big games for me. But I think you're right. He does have a ball in him. Pogba definitely has a ball in him. Um, Rashford can as well. Martial's been off the boil. If I'm Everton, I'm approaching this. I'm saying, right, this is the way to do it. We're going to have to work extremely hard in midfield to, to push these wide, okay? Because they'll probably go with... The, Everton could do their thing where Adinia will be back, but, you know, Godfrey has played very well whenever he's played, and he's, he's, most of it has been as a, as a fullback. So mm-hmm. I think Everton's way out with this will be to be really solid in midfield, because James Rodriguez is going to chase you. He's not going to break, he's not going to run, he's not going to press, he's not going to tackle. He's, not, he's, a, he's a pure luxury player, but... If Everton can filter United wide and make them hit balls from wide rather than 
intricate balls around the box, Pogba Fernandez. Everton can, I think, can deal with that quite well. And then they need, they need Calvert-Leon, they need James Rodriguez, they need, uh, Richarlison and whoever else plays on the right hand side for them, um, to be really good, really on it. And when they get the chances, absolutely go with United because there is space against United. If you can push them wide, make them cross it and, and try win that second ball, um, they probably, United probably will go with McTominay and Fred and they'll probably pick up Fernandez ahead of that or they'll, they'll come up with some sort of way of doing it. But I think if Everton are to stay in the game, like Kevin Sullivan says, um, for as long as they can and can look to break on United with, Richarlison, James, Rodriguez, and Calvert Leon, and I don't know who to play out on the right hand side. Um, I think I think they I think they have a chance. But look, let's let's have some predictions. Uh, Oscar, I'll come to you first. I've got two one Man United. Okay, um, Chris. Uh, I'm going to go two two. I think the key battles: Decorey versus uh, McTominay. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think that. Then is Alan back? I don't think he is. Like, I don't think he is a massive miss. <laughs> He's a massive miss for them. He doesn't do a hell of a lot. I think he's an overrated player. For, when I say that, I think people make too much of what he does or try to tell you he does stuff that he actually doesn't. But he's very good at winning the ball. He's very good at giving it to players that are, re, are, are better on the ball. And he's and that's absolutely fine in that midfield. The core is very important. If he goes in with Sigurdsson, I'd be worried. But I don't know. Don't go with Tom Davis. He's fucking a terrible footballer. But... I think if everything, not even to win a midfield battle, but just be structured in a way that keeps United wired, I think I think they could do a job. Um, two two draw, two one United. Matt, what are you have? Yeah, for me this is a classic Premier League game. Go three two with United for United. Three three two United. I'm going to go with. Ah oh, fuck it! I'm going to go two one Everton. I think I think Everton I think Everton will uh, nudge it and people are going mad now in the chat. What well, you can't back down, I can't, I can do what I want. I'm thirty eight years <laughs> of age. Um now, before we move on, um before we move on to some quick predictions on our on our last three main games we're gonna talk about. On the screen right now you can see hashtag Keen Strong. Our competition is live, four hundred and ninety nine tickets and twelve brilliant prizes. The link is in the description. So I've been telling you about this guy for a long time. I had a link in the description for a long time for a GoFundMe. Okay. Um the GoFundMe is Ticking along nicely. and um, they're up around seventy-eight thousand dollars. They need one hundred thousand dollars to get to the target. Uh Keane, of course, is a young guy, um not a young guy, he's a baby. Um at five months old, diagnosed with brain cancer. He's currently he's currently the same age as my son. He's fourteen months old. And he he's in recovery. They're hoping things are are, are on the on an upward core from, but he still needs a lot of help and, and attention and, and further treatment and recovery and everything else. So we, we got together. Um, this is, and I'll always tell you, this is one of our viewers' brainchild. It's Kieran Thorne's brainchild. I won't take the credit for, for coming up with this idea, but Kieran. Um, came along and asked me, would I be able to do this? Do I think it's a good idea? And we ran from there. Um, footballprizes.co.uk, who's one of our sponsors. Um, when I asked them, they, immediately donated a prize and immediately said they would help us with the logistics of all this. So what they've done is on their site, um, they are going, you go to their site, the link is in the description, but if you type in footballprizes.co.uk on your browser, um, go into competitions and scroll down, you will see um, the charity Liverpool draw. It's going on for the next four weeks from today. Um, there's 499 tickets, as I said, £4.95 per ticket. Every time you buy a ticket, every single penny of it will go to Keane. Not There's no charge anywhere. There's no, football prizes are doing it for absolutely free. Um, so every time you do that, 
um, you will be donating and we it should end up somewhere close to $3,000. Um, as I said, for 499 tickets, but there's a catch. When you buy a ticket, we don't draw, we don't give the 12 prizes to one person. We do 12 separate draws and every time we, we reset the clock, I suppose, your ticket goes back in. So you have 12 chances to win for that. Plus it's a donation. It's not like someone else has taken the money. So look in the description. Um, the, does in, when you click that link, you will see all the prizes that are there. There's signed and there's signed VVD jerseys, there's signed Allison jerseys, there's, um, there's a signed Mane montage, there's, there's, um, art prints from, from loads of different lads that follow Liverpool and have done some amazing stuff. But we will have tweets out tomorrow, um, detailing all the prizes, who donated them, um, what they are so you can see them. And of course, how you can get into this. If we get 500 tickets, that means more to me than any fucking amount of subscribers. Any amount of views, any amount of likes, shares, it means, th- th- listen, we're doing a show now and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, it means fuck all to me compared to this, what, I'm, what we're trying to do, right? And I'm, that's not being bad on any of the guests that are on or any of our contributors or any work any of them does, but this is way more important than YouTube channels, scores, results, predictions, anything, how you feel after a game. This to me is the biggest thing, in my opinion, that we've ever done. Ever, right? For a guy that's, for a guy that's 13 months old. So please go and please have a look at the description. Um, as I said, every time you, but you can buy multiple tickets. You can buy, if you can buy, if you want to buy the 499 of them, you can you walk away. But every time you buy a ticket, it is a donation. And every time a prize goes, the next draw starts, your ticket is back in. Okay. Um, it takes about two or three minutes to do it. You literally put in your name, your email address, um, you answer a question so they know you're not a robot. And then, um, then, then you're in. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to be hitting social media with this tomorrow in a big, big way to try, uh, not, not only to try get people to spread it, um, as far as they can, but to, to recognize the, the, the people, the other podcasts that have donated stuff to us um, for this. Okay. Um, and the second thing is we have a new newsletter coming out. The description, um, in the description, you will see a link to that. Um, it's very easy. You go, you click the link, you just subscribe via your email address. And every week we'll be giving you a newsletter with all our shows on it and um, different bits and pieces. There might be articles in there. There'll be links to um, our sponsors, the promotions that they have. So it's very simple. You click the link in the description for our new um newsletter and you put in your email address and every week you will get a notification on our shows and uh, uh, everything going on with the lfc day trippers sorry for going on for so long um but i think it was important to do so um now let's move on so um we've covered united we've covered spores we've covered burnley and brighton villa and arsenal and another uh another quick one for you um fulham v west ham chris 2-2 oh i like it Oscar Fulham v West Ham. 2 0 West Ham. Oh, can we have Antonio on, on the double plays for my fancy football league? <laughs> yeah, cool. He's injured, isn't he? No, is he? Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what the thing was Antonio is, right? I've told Grizz I've told Grizz for ages that fella is shit. And every time I say it, he just scores a brace, right? And then I said, I'll stick him in my fancy football. And they won away then at Villa, didn't they? And I was like, Why isn't he why is Jesse Lingard scoring? Why isn't this fella scoring all the goals when I said he was crap? But he's in my fancy football. So um two nil to West Ham. Uh, Matt, what are you what are you doing on this one? Um, I was going to go 2 0 West Ham, but Oscar sold that one, so I'll get uh, Fulham to pay one back. It was a 2 1. 2 1. Okay, I'm going to go with a 
1-1 draw. Um, Free World has uh, 3-1 to West Ham. Kev O'Sullivan has 3-1 to West Ham. Roland O'Donnell has 3-2 to where everyone's back on West Ham here. Oh, Nageb goes the other way again. Uh, Fulham 2, West Ham 1. Nice one. Uh, 1-0 Fulham, says Dan Jay. And it's a 2-2 uh, Grizz special on this one, says Avo de Tour. Of course, Grizz predicts every football game in the world to finish 2-2. Um, good. I like that. I like that a lot. And the last quick one before we go on to our main games. Sheffield United v Chelsea. Chris. Tommy Tuchel Masterclass 3-0. 3-0. Okay. Oscar. 2-0 Chelsea. 2-0 Chelsea. Ma. I'm not salty, but 1-0. One 1-0. All. One all. I'm going to go 1-0 as well. I'm going to go 1-0 as well because as much as I can't back Fat Sam, I can most definitely not back that other region. Um, so I'm not backing him. Uh, Free World has, or, sorry, Free World has a Desmond 2-2. I like it. Uh, Ronald O'Donnell has 3-0 to Chelsea. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, uh, Neil. Nilo's in. He says he'll be watching. I'll be watching that match three 0 Nilo, watch Liverpool, will you? You're meant to be. On, you're meant to be doing podcasts with us and watching Liverpool. But you just seem to wander off and watch um, random games. Maka has two 0 to Chelsea, and Nageb has gone two one to Sheffield. You know, I'll tell you something. If Nageb put a bet on right with all these just results, just uh, he wouldn't have to walk ever again. You'd be like living. He'd have boys on island with the predictions that he puts in. But fair play to him. Um, he's sticking to his. Uh, he's sticking to his guns. Uh, game number four was v Leicester. Um, Chris, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, Wolves have fell off a cliff a little bit and then Arsenal showed up. Um, and Leicester um, just seemed to lose a game or win a game. There's no in-between. Um, what way do you see this going? Because I think both of them need a win for, for different reasons. This feels like the sort of game that Leicester drop points in. Yeah. They'll be doing what we've been doing, which is winning the big games. And they've done really well in quite a lot of big games. And then just shitting the bed against t- sides they should be beating, you know. It's a bit like us, sorry to repeat myself, but uh, I think they're getting players back. And they're- Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer call true green today but, but again rogers did his thing that he always does he starts with four at the back then he flicks to three then he goes back to four and you're like it, it i think after a while it confuses players i think vardy's still touch and go yeah uh, i do just think the backups they have of vardy they just aren't they aren't good enough to me perez is a decent midfielder he's not a striker ian Acho, never done it for me he's Don't never fulfilled his potential has he ian no Acho. Don't see the hype. Don't, I, I mean, to be honest, uh, the money City got for him, honest to God, they must have been laughing their way out the door when, they, when he left for that because he's just not kicked on at all. Mm. Uh, Wolves, I mean, they finally bought a striker. They've got they've got um, Jose now, haven't they, as an attacker who actually looked quite quite good in the last game. Uh, defensively, Wolves are always pretty solid. They've got some class in midfield with uh, Neves and Matinho. It, it just and their big their big man is Neto. If Neto's on form. Wolves really tick. He he's really took on the mantle of being like the main man. He's probably the only one who has stood up since uh, Jimenez has uh, sadly been injured. I mean, I mean, I don't think you'll see him again this year, sadly. Uh, but I fancy Wolves to nick this two one. Okay, Olivier Pesky Salido says, "Don't forget the Super Bowl prediction, Gav. Um, who's playing in it? And I'll give you a prediction. Um, that's <laughs> on Sunday. 
Um, yeah, two two. Three two. Um, <laughs> but let, let let us know, Olivier, um, who's playing in it. Um, it's not the, the Giants anyway, because um, and for anyone that doesn't know, I I tried to get into American football last year, and Ray Dicko of this parish said, "Oh, the Giants, and they're fucking awful." And I know he stitched me up by telling me the Giants, and I don't forgive him for it. So I don't think it's the Giants in it. No. But if if you tell me who's in it, um, uh, I'll try to. I give. It. I might watch a Sunday night because I'm I'm up late every night walking. Yeah. Um, so you should have done what I do in American football. Just pick the Patriots because everyone hates them. So yeah, just, I know, but it, it gets pisses, a bit. It pisses, it pisses everyone off. So. Yeah, it does. It does piss people <laughs> off. Football as well, didn't you, Chris? Uh, What's that? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You picked Liverpool. Uh, Tim yeah, Smith. Tim Smith says, hi, Oscar. I hope you're good. That's obviously a, li- a listener or a viewer of Mile Leeds TV. You're very, very welcome, Tim. Um, I'm still trying to find out who... Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Chiefs. Um, what's the Chiefs' oh, force name? Kansas City. Kansas City Chiefs oh, there, against... There, there we go. There we go. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Have any of them ever won it? Didn't Kansas win it last year? Did Kansas the win Tampa- it last year? Yeah, they won it last year. I think the Buccaneers just got uh, Brady, whatever his first name is. It's not Robbie Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. That's it. Oh, let's go. I'll, I'll take. I'll take. Yeah, I'll no. I Tom Brady. No, I don't want him winning another one. Kansas City Chiefs for me, brother. Um, I'll take that. Uh, somebody said there's 50 tickets already gone for the Keen Foundation. Um, so that's deadly. 50 tickets, only live about two hours. So that's deadly. Uh, Barry Devaney says, just go with Tom, Tom Brady's team. Gab. No, I'm going to go against him. I'm going to go against him. So, um, yeah, so that's how it goes. What were we talking about? What was against Leicester? Um, <laughs> Important. So I feel, feel a bit like Billy Connolly there, just fucking going out on a tangent. Can't even remember what I've done. Um, Oscar. Wolves seem to me like a team that have been figured out. And what I mean by that is they play three at the back, the two wing backs, and then they try to play Adama Triori as a wing back. And, and it just teams have seemed to cop them on. Like, I can't understand for life me how they can't find themselves a, a back four. All right. Um, that, that can function. They've loads of midfielders there they can stick in there and just get Triori and net the wider side of a striker and have a go that way. Yeah. I mean, you look at the midfield, they're all very similar to me. You know, Moutinho, Neves, I just don't think that works to the two. I think the two similar, both lovely players to watch, but I think, are they really going to protect the back four as a two? You know, if, if they play a 4-2-3-1, um, they've, they've kind of switched between a three at the back and a four at the back. And I just think, I agree, to be honest, Gav, I think there's confusion there at Wolves. Um, I think, obviously, the fact is, obviously, Jimenez isn't there. Jimenez isn't gonna, probably not going to be available this season. Obviously, Doherty's left. I've never been a massive fan of Semedo, to be honest. I think uh, I think that the four 0 game at Anfield probably summed up Nelson Semedo for me. He just got turned inside and out, inside and out throughout that game. Um, Stratford Ross lost. Obviously, Jossa. They've lost. They've lost so much goals and creativity from that team. And the players who really made that system work, you know, when they, when they went three four three, they had Jossa on one wing. Jimenez through the middle, and then Traorio Neto on the other wing, um, Doherty at right wing back, and it just works so so well. But they've lost all those players. They've not they've not spent well, as I've already said. Semedo thirty million, Fabio Silva thirty million. You know, at sixty million there, and you're thinking neither players really improved the team. Um, I just think there's a lot of confusion there at Wolves, and I don't really see. I don't think they've ever been 
fantastic to watch. But what what I do have to say about Wolves is you can always see what they were trying to do. You know, in terms of the system, the style, in terms of how they were trying to play was very clear. But now you look at it and think there's no real philosophy there. There's no real. It's not really obvious what Nuno's trying to do with that team anymore. He's just trying to go from game to game and just try and juggle and find a system that works for him. And he could say it works against Arsenal, but let's be honest, in that Arsenal game, Arsenal were just cutting through them so many times, so many times. You know, I think really, if Arsenal had a bit more luck and didn't get go down to 10 men, you know, just for half time, for me, they'd probably win that game 3 or 4 0. I honestly thought they were that comfortable in it, Arsenal, yeah. that Wolves were struggling to stay in it. But for me, Leicester. Leicester are a strange team because they played us last weekend and we got a fantastic win. But I'll be honest, I was not confident at all going into that game. But then Leicester, you kind of saw them and thought, you know what, they could be got at on the counter, you know, in terms of how high they push the fullbacks up. You know, you see Justin, fantastic going forwards, but he does push very high. He does often tend to push beyond the midfielders. I think obviously Ndidi, if he doesn't play, I'm not sure if indeed he's available for this game. He wasn't available against us. That left a big, big hole in their midfield because they haven't got anyone else really who can perform that indeedy role to an extent in front of the back four. I think obviously the Vardy one's massive. You know, you've touched on it yourself. You know, Perez and Ian Acho, they're just not good enough. You know, it's a simple fact. They don't offer the running in behind. They don't stretch the pitch like Vardy does. And to be honest, you know, you look at it and think for Leicester, I personally think Leicester... And uh, really got that potential to be a top sixteen now. You know, you know, we've got a new new state and um, new training ground. Brendan Rodgers is doing really well. Can they keep hold of Brendan Rodgers? Who knows? I do think the potential's there for Leicester, but I think what will fall down for Leicester, and ultimately, I thought the same for Wolves. But Le- for, the problem for Wolves is they've not replaced Jimenez. They've not really, you know, they've not really got the funds really to properly get that Jimenez type of influence into the team. And I think the, the same will happen to Leicester. And it's going to have to take really good recruitment for them. But in this game specifically, I think Leicester have got enough to win it. But at the same time, if Neto's on it, Traore's on it, they can be got out on the counter for me. Definitely Leicester. And the first goal in that one will be massive. I think both teams, Leicester, I think in the I think the stat was they've scored first 11 times in games and they've won 10 games. Wolves, mm. I think, is a similar stat. So the first goal will be massive in this one because after, if Wolves take the lead... They can get at Leicester on the counter and get a second, and the same thing for Leicester. So the first goal will be absolutely massive in that game. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think it's, I think this one kind of suits Leicester. Um, Leicester would be quite happy for Wolves to tr- pre- play some pretty stuff and then look to absolutely hurt them. Olivier says Karen Brady's brother is the quarterback for Tampa Bay. Gav, I'm not falling for that one. And somebody else says that he, uh, Tom Brady be on a coin if he wins. Fuck off, right? Um, this is all Olivier's fault. Um, but Red Steve did give me the warning. He said it's a trap. Gav, Ronald O'Donnell says the Manchester United owners own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If, is that true? That can't they, be true. They said money though. I doubt it. They, they bought a good player. No. Do the Glazers own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, they can't. They can't just wind me up. But um, if it's if it's if it's true, I'm still going for the Kansas City lads. I'm still going for them. Um, they're, they're my team. Come on, the Chiefs. Um, yeah. So li- listen, I know I know I'm being a bit pushed for time. So let's get some predictions on this one. Wolves v Leicester. Uh, Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Yeah, I, I can see Wolves sneaking something in this one. So I got two one Wolves. Two one Wolves. Okay, Chris. Two one Wolves. Two one was. Uh now, uh, Oscar, because you you think you can go either way, but I'm gonna have to get a result of you. Two one Leicester. 
Okay, I'm going three one Leicester. I think it suit this game suits them down to the ground. Um, so I'm going to go with that. Oh, Joe Glazer owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There you go. So it's definitely the Kansas City lads we're going for this weekend, lads. One hundred percent. Um, right. That is Wolves and Leicester the way on to Leeds v Palace. Um, Leeds, we we all say on this show are great to watch. They're the they're the entertainment you get every week with them is is the brilliant is brilliant one. Um, so I'm gonna go to you, Chris. Forced Leeds should be winning this game. Um, I think it's one of those games that Leeds. When you look at the form throughout the season, they seem to big scalp. I think Leicester. Um, I think that was a big scalp for them, and then the Everton thing, a similar placed side they, they're up and down against and that's fine but they have to be looking to the windies Chris they do but I've got a sneaky feeling with Eze and Zahar against the Leeds defence I think they're going to Zahar's out is Zahar out yeah 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 swings it a bit then because but Eze it's still I think he's just starting to kick into gear now and I think he's going to have uh, a bit of joy against the Leeds defenders because I do think that's, that's Leeds' Achilles heel and probably you know, for the summer, that's going to be Leeds' um, big plan. He's probably trying to try and improve the uh, the back line because I think that's where they're probably the biggest weaknesses. Because the midfield is strong; it's got you know lots of flair in it, and you know the attack is you know very good. So that's not a problem. I just don't trust the Leeds defenders one on one. I think that's where they get exposed. I don't think they've got enough good one on one defenders because uh, that's the style they play. I mean, look, we found that out this year how good our defenders are one on one compared to what we normally have. But that's the way Leeds play. I don't think they've got to change how they play. So I think it'll be tighter than we think. But with Zaha being out, Leeds should be winning this still. Go on, give us a score. 2-1 Leeds. Okay, Matt. Um, people are saying they're Palace. Uh, I think Kevin Sullivan said Palace have the, the players to pick Leeds off if they're organised properly. I fancy Leeds in this. Are you the same? Look, Leeds again, it's, a team, it's one that can go either way, but I feel like Leeds, just with the, the kind of intensity that they play with, I don't think Palace will be able to match that. I think the, the biggest chance Palace could have for Green McCris is Eberechi Eze. If they put him on the right-hand side, target Alioski with him. I think Alioski is a good player, but defensively, I think uh, Oscar would agree he's not he's not the best that there, there is out there. So I think Eze and, and him could really be a, a way that, that they win that game. In the midfield, I think Leeds will dominate it. You know, I've, I've been really critical of Leeds midfield, kind of in the earlier stages of the season. You know, there's been huge, huge holes in that midfield. I think West Ham exploited really well in Ellen Road when, when they were there, but I think Bielsa's kind of got that under control and I know Click has been out of form lately, but he's he's a really good footballer. Of course, Calvin mm-hmm. Phillips there as well. I think Paddy Bamford could could nick a goal or two. He, he used to play with Palace or something? Was he at, at Palace? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, didn't go well for him at all. Didn't go well for him at all. It was a uh, shocking, shocking spell for him. He j- just, I think he... I think he played like two games. I think he started one. And they came off at half time and booed. Just got booed when he um, when he came off and at half time. But yeah, Palace fans are very very bitter towards Paddy Bamford. He has that effect, you know. Every single club he played for on loan, they just they just cannot stand him. To be fair, but um, there's a lot of them. There's a lot he's been on loan with. But I, I, love like... I love it. I love that he's disliked by other clubs. To be fair, I absolutely love that about him. And he, I think he likes it. To be fair, mm, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I feel like he'll go here with a point to prove. Yeah, Nilo um, of this parish says 3-3 three, three, uh, with an Eddie Gray brace. Um, so uh, that one for the kids there. Um, but, like, I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking to myself, look, I, I get I get the points about Leeds being open in midfield and, and Palace having players to pick them off. But I think Leeds' style might suit them against Palace where they try get at them, press them, press them back. Now, there is a risk on the other hand of, of, of being counter-attacked. 
But whenever I watch even Liverpool play against Palace, if you make it an open game, Palace have a chance. If you try to suffocate Palace, I don't think they can hold out. Liverpool done it. Liverpool beat them 7 0 earlier, a couple of weeks ago, and they just never gave them a second. And it didn't work for Palace whatsoever. So let's get some predictions. Sorry. That's been coming for about five minutes. Um, Chris, go on, give us a prediction. 2 1 leads. 2 1 leads. Oscar, um, what are you doing on this? You, do you fancy leads? Do you fancy uh, just to edge it, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think um, the only thing I, I think I have to agree, I think Eze is definitely the danger man against us. I think obviously we defend man to man. Eze is that man who can kind of beat the press in that. Like he's got that bit of that low centre of gravity, a bit of a pain to deal with. He was very good at Salas Park against us, but I still think we've got enough. I think it's a hard missing. I just think we can suffocate them, as you say. I just don't think they've got any outlets to get up the pitch. I'm hoping so anyway. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go 3 1, you know, 3 1 in this. Okay, 3 1 to Leeds. Um, Chris, did you give me a prediction, Chris? 2 1. 2 1, you did. Ma, what's your prediction? Uh, I'll go 2 1 in Leeds. I'm going to go with a 3-2 Leeds. I think they're just about edgy. Um, Nilo has left the building. He said goodbye to everybody. Um, he's There he is. He says, it's been beautiful, chaps. Keep keep on keeping on. Love you all. Nilo is an absolute headbanger. Um, so, uh, but he's great crack. He's the absolute business. Um, right, the last one. Let's get down to this. Um, Liverpool v City. Now, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Liverpool have been awful for over the last while. They picked it up against Spurs and against West Ham. Um, they were one of the worst displays I've seen from Liverpool in a long time at home to Brighton the other night. There was no energy. There was, <clears throat> there was rumour going around that there was a bug in the camp. And a few, Alisson was forced out through illness and, and that may have been affecting the other night. This is probably the worst game you can have when you're in a bad run of form or, or players out and stuff like that. And, you know what? I think it's um, I think it's one of those where it could be the worst, but it could be the best if you know what I mean. It can, it can kind of rally you. But Oscar, I come to you first. Liverpool versus City. I'm going to put it out there. I think if City win this, I think Liverpool's can't win the league. I think if Liverpool win it, they're still in with a chance. And I think a draw does nobody real any any benefit, does it? No, and I think what you've seen with a lot of these games is they've tended to play out as nil-nil draws or one-ones this season. Yeah, when we've really built them up in that lot. I think obviously the last game, City and Liverpool, it started off absolutely fantastic that game. First 20 yeah. minutes or so, both teams scoring the first 20 minutes. But I think in the end, both teams kind of at that time of the season settled for the draw. And I think they were probably right to, to be honest, in, in that sense. But I can't actually see that being the case this time. I think Liverpool... Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Paul have got to win this game and I think you know you've said before about the issue of breaking down low blocks but in a way I actually think this game might suit Liverpool um, I think the only thing that goes against Liverpool there's no fans well massively goes against Liverpool there's no fans in the ground you know to really roar on and really make it a bit tougher for City to play try and play through your press and that lot but I think the big thing is when you play these teams like Brighton maybe less so Brighton Burnley and you know these teams you drop points against when they're playing these long balls 
it takes your press out of the game. But against City, they're going to still try and play football. And you look at people like Rodri, if Kyle Walker plays, I think potentially Liverpool, if they get the press right, you know, they pick the right midfield. For me, I want to see one of Fabinho or Henderson go into midfield. I don't want to see them both playing centre-back from, from a point of view. I want to see one of them in midfield to really bolster it and try and win that midfield battle and have a bit of control because you know we know what City are going to do. You know We know City will probably have 60% of the ball. They'll look to take things. They'll look to get the ball into Gundogan, let him kind of dictate play. I think he's been absolutely superb this season, to be honest, Gundogan. I think, he's, I think to be honest, he's been the player that's turned around City's season. I think City, for me up until Gundogan, Gundogan hit in form, were just nothing really. And it's it's weird how the season's changed, but I think it does suit Liverpool in a way this game. I think it's going to be open. And I just think it's that front three, the front threes against each other. And I've got to say, City's front three, despite they've been fantastic you know, over the season, but they've still not got a guaranteed source of goals from me, City. That's the only thing I think that might work in Liverpool's favour. And if Alisson's back, you know, Alisson... Yeah, he he can just stand, stand up when needed. Mane for me, I'd still think he's the best player in the league for me in terms of for watching. I do think for me, I really do love Mane um, in terms of how he plays and he's crucial to that press. And I think that Brighton game, you know, if Mane was on the pitch instead of Shakiri, I think it would have played out a little bit differently. I just thought it was di- difficult for Liverpool to stretch the pitch when it's Firmino and Shakiri both in that front three. There was not really enough. It, it was just too nice, almost. It's too like sideways passing. There was no real kind of penetration from Liverpool, but I think it really does suit Liverpool this game. And City have a terrible, terrible record at Anfield as well. And Pep does as well. But I honestly do have a funny feeling Liverpool won't lose this game. I honestly do think this game suits Liverpool. Klopp seems fired up. And I think Klopp, to be fair, has probably had the better of the better of the rivalry, you know, 1v1 against Pep since they've been in England. Yeah, it's interesting because, like people are saying, there City will take a draw all day. What I meant by City doesn't benefit either is City probably would take a draw all day because they go, listen, we keep Liverpool seven points off as we have a game in hand and there'll be fifteen games left and they're comfortable with that. Um, what I mean by it is, I think City are approaching this this game. City are approaching the weekend is very similar to the way United were coming to Anfield. Liverpool were in poor form off the back of some bad bad games, you know, missing players trying to put centre midfielders at centre back and United didn't didn't back themselves City be under the under some sort of pressure to back themselves and they probably will because they do somebody said there I hope uh, Guardiola overthinks it he does when he comes to Anfield he overthinks it in relation to the formation he plays the the personnel Raheem Sterling he, he must be up for a week worrying will Raheem Sterling play at Anfield so I think the I think it is a game that it's hard to call despite the form of both sides. Chris, when you look at this, you know, I th- the key to me might be not only not only are you getting someone into midfield, but I think it could absolutely hinge on whoever goes into centre-half beside Fabinho, who I think will play. They have a good game because City will absolutely target whether it's this Ben Davies or it's um, Kabak. I think they're going to be targeted regardless. I think you're right. Unfortunately, a lot of the talk is it's going to be Henderson and Fabino at centre back, mm-hmm. which is part of my language. But why the fuck did you buy two centre backs then? If you're not yeah. going to trust them, I know they've only had a couple of days training. But it's not a big surprise, Chris, because we've seen players come to this club, uh, the biggest one being Andy Robertson for me, and he wasn't seen for months when he signed. 
Now I know it's a, it's an emergency situation, mm-hmm. but like, but, but if that's it's the not case, a surprise. But if that's the case, then buy them in early January, give them January to settle in, so they're ready for this game. It, you know, I I don't like being negative at Liverpool, but I'm quite deflated because it's all been last minute. It's all been you, you've been seeing these problems for a while, and they've come back to roost now, and now they're all going. Oh well, he might take a while to settle. We should have bought some fucking earlier. And not be funny. You had the opportunities to do this. We've had plenty of opportunities to do this. And to me, he's got to try one of the other lads, whether it's Kabak or Phillips in this game. The fact that uh, Kabak or Davis in this game, uh, Phillips has done well, and he has done well. Uh, but he's got absolutely zero pace. It's like watching a tugboat turn. And I just think against a Sterling, a Jesus, a Maris, they would have a field day with him. They really yeah. would, and he would get exposed. Whereas I think with a Fabinho, although he's not got pace, he's got he's got cleverness about him, and he's done well at centre half. And also, it, in my head, it should be Kabak starting because we've been linked with him on and off for a, a year, eighteen months. It's a name that's been banded around for a while, so we obviously were interested in him. To me, Davis is what he's going to be, which is I think it's Fabinho and Kabak as your main two, and Davis is your backup if Kabak mm-hmm. struggles to settle, or you just want a bit of horses for courses. You want someone who's a bit of a better passer, then I think you throw him in. Um, but for me, you've got to start with Fabinho and Kabak at the centre. Get yourself Henderson back in midfield because Milner can't play again. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact he played four games in 11 days was the most stupid decision I've seen Klopp make. You know, I don't like to badmouth the manager, but it, it was obvious he was going to be knackered. You know, he, he took him off against West Ham with a tight hamstring. So, and Jones came on and did really well. If you can't trust Jones against Brighton at home, when are you going to trust Jones again? Give him a yeah. run out. So, I mean... Look, I'll be better close to the game, but I'm just a bit, a bit deflated really, because I kind of thought a corner was turned after the last two games, and it was a bit of a, you know, we still I think, playing. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think like you know, and loads of people say it. If Liverpool hadn't got half these injuries that they have, I think to be, I think to be clear in the Premier League, I'm being honest. Um, you know, if you give me mm. back, if you give me back Van Dijk and Gomez, I think Liverpool are well clear in this league. That's my be, honest opinion, right? I think if you have, but, you have one of them back, you'd be fine. Yeah, no, I, I think, but if you just took those two injuries, I think, and you said, look, that back four and that goalkeeper will be there and we make make do with further up the pitch wherever we need to, I think we'd be clearing this league. I genuinely believe that. Um, Zed Malik says, Alison Trent, Kabak, Fabinho, Robbo, Hendo, Thiago, Gini, Manny, Bobby, Sally, Sala, Sally, uh, Sala, that uh, this team beats anybody. Um, Matt, I'm going to come to you on this. Um you know, City have been in great form. They were being written off earlier on in the season by a few because they were stuttering a bit. They've hit a good run of form. They've had some very kind fixtures, I will say that. Um, and it was it was noticed from a good while off just before Christmas. What way do you see this going? Because oh, it's still Liverpool versus City. Now, there is personnel missing heavily on the Liverpool side, but it's still Liverpool against City. It's still City going to Anfield. Do they see this as a double chance of, A, putting Liverpool over title race, and B, ending that hoodoo at Anfield? Absolutely. I, I really do think if, if City come there with, with the mindset of that, you know, the importance of this game and uh, a win is, is absolutely crucial for them. If they come out and bring this game to Liverpool, I'm sorry, but I, I just can't see Liverpool dealing with that because of the the, the weaknesses in, in that team. And I think Ozan Kabak starting could be a bad thing for Liverpool because, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of language barrier there. He doesn't know the players in centre-back. You know, you have to know a lot about the people around you and the system you're playing before you can uh, really start to, to bed yourself in there. And I think getting Henderson back into the middle of the park is, is also really crucial. So I think if you can get him back in there, like I... I'm one of those fans who's never really seen the like opposition fans who's never really seen the benefit of Jordan Henderson, and I only really noticed it when he was out of that midfield. If that makes sense. Like that game against Southampton, I thought he played well in centre half, but you really missed him in, in the middle of the park, and I think that did kind of 
uh, sway the, the game in Southampton's favour there. So getting him in there could be crucial, but Man City have just been absolutely outstanding for me. You know, they're like they're they're not a full strength in terms of personnel as well. Uh, you know, Aguero hasn't scored in the Premier League for over a year, but they've managed to replace that. And they're not that team who will go out and try and win five, six nil in all the games they play now. They're a lot more pragmatic, but they're they're just so clever in what they do. And thirteen wins in the bounce now on, on the bounce now. I think they they really have hit their stride in Guardiola when it looked as though maybe he had kind of come to an end uh, there. There was talk of him moving on, but as soon as he signed that new contract, I think everybody realised they had to get down to work and and credit them, they've absolutely done that. Uh, Gundogan, as Oscar said, has been, has been for me one of the most impressive midfielders in, in the Premier League this season. Uh, the the partnership of Stones and Diaz, I think don't think is, is one anyone really saw coming, but it has been the probably the best in the league for me this season. And everything is just clicking for Man City. Um, and I, I just find it hard to see them getting anything less than, than three points in this one because of the, the the weaknesses Liverpool have. But in a normal season, I think Liverpool is, the is of course, the best challenge that uh, could go to City. And I think they would beat them, but just with the players missing, I, I just can't see it. Yeah, I think that's fair because you know, like if City were miss, if City were in the situation Liverpool were in, you'd be saying, "Oh, City be right up there." They'd probably be clearing the league. I think I genuinely do. I think you know, and people would say, "Oh, well, everyone gets injuries." They do, but I think the severity of Liverpool's injuries in the areas they've got them and the time that they've got them, I think, has been just outrageous. You know, the, we've had lads with COVID that have struggled since they come back. There's, there's loads of stuff that's gone on. And but you have to, and I and people always say, "Are oh, you making excuses?" I'm not. I'm just stating the facts, and I'm not one to sit here and, and feel sorry for Liverpool. That's how it goes. I'm of the opinion that whatever comes this season, that's what comes. You, you just take your, you take, you take your your medicine and you move on, and you and you look to next season and go, listen, we salvaged whatever, and um, but now we've everyone back. Now let's see what we're made of. Um, let's let's have some predictions. Um, Oscar. One one. I'm gonna just say just to say as well, I think Kabak is a top signing. I think he will turn out to be a good signing. In the Champions League in the league, I think he will be a good signing for you. Okay, good stuff. One one. Um Chris. Two one Liverpool. Okay. And uh, Matt, give us your result because you will be barred from this channel from here on in. So go. <laughs> I, I just want to get you uh, on my side beforehand. I think Quebec, a lot of people are taking too much uh, notice of the fact that Schalke have only won one game this season, conceded 49. You're only as good as the players around you. I think Quebec will improve this Liverpool side. But um, 3-1 City. That's going to say it. 3-1 City. 3-1 City. Uh, I'm yeah. going the opposite way. I'm going 3-1 Liverpool. Um, I, I think... Don't get me wrong. I, I think Kevin Sullivan said earlier, it's a game Liverpool could go out and win 4-0 or lose 5-0 because they, yeah. there's so many. This game is, do you know the way they say games are about fine margins? I think it's, I think it's magnified in this one because if Liverpool can, despite plugging gaps in their side and playing players that are probably being overplayed because of the situation they're in, if Liverpool can, can just put in that performance that we know it's in them, I think, I think City will struggle. But if if the slightest thing goes wrong for Liverpool or or they get hit on the break and caught, I think it's it's well open for City. But I, I'm never backing against Liverpool. Not a fucking chance. Um, you, not go on, Oscar. Uh, sorry, or if Chris. Got, sorry, if you got your positive head on, um, this has got the feel of the City Liverpool game of two years ago, where we went to the Etihad with a seven point lead, wanting it to make it ten, and City pipped and City City won a very tight game, and that kicked yeah. them on. That kicked them on. Yeah. Roles reversed. They're coming towards with the same with the same situation. A little bit less game time. If so, yeah. you've got a positive, you want to put a positive spin on it. You know, win there is that your is that your moment that turns your season. You know, I'm not sure it. I'm not sure if it is or it isn't. But if you want to have a positive spin on it, that's the positive spin I can find for you. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, don't get me wrong. See, so you could go ten clear. 
with a game in hand, I think. Um, yeah. But Liverpool could make a four with a game in hand and, and stuff like that. But I'm not backing against Liverpool. Um, they can turn around whenever they mm-hmm. feel like it uh, at any given moment. So I'm going to go for 3-1 um, Liverpool. And, and look, I don't care what you say, right? Um, <laughs> three scorers, any time scorers for the weekend. Chris? Werner Ings, Salah. Werner Ings, Salah. Okay. Uh, Matt? Uh, I've wrote mine down, actually. I'm not going to lose it like Joe did last week. I have uh, Stuart Armstrong, Paddy Bamford, and Semi G. Okay. Um, Don't ask questions. I'm not. Oscar. <laughs> um, Som Fernandez, Tammy Abraham. Okay. I'm going to have Ollie Watkins. I'm going to have Son of Spores. And I'm going to have. I'm going to take Thiago against Man City, please. Um, right, you've all been asked to choose a game that does not involve your side to give me a correct score and the first goal scorer. I am going to write these down. So, Chris? Uh, Man United, Everton, 2-2. Calvert-Lewin, first goal. Calvert-Lewin, okay. Uh, Matt? Um, I'm going to go Sheffield United, Chelsea, one all, and David McGoldrick. Oh, Back in the Irish. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> Never okay. Blessed. And Oscar, what's your team? Um, Fulham nil, West Ham 2, Suchek. That's oh, it's a, a great show. show. That's a very good show. Air lads, air lads love Suchek. What's yours, Gav? Um, I'm going to... Uh, Suchek. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Wolves 1. Leicester 3. And I'm going to have Harvey Barnes as the first goal scorer. Harvey Barnes is, to me, what Antonio is to you. As soon as I started giving out how bad he was, he just went down a yeah. free scoring. Well, I'm going to have, go on, Harvey, you can do it. Um, that's the way I think about it. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. I've kept you probably a little bit too long, but you can, you'll forgive me for that. Um, Oscar, um, all leads TV, find them everywhere. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I mean, we we're just here, there, and everywhere. Uh, myself and Joe um, doing a bit, doing a bit of everything. Watch alongs, match previews. Um, you know, doing a bit more with the fans as well after games and that lot. A bit of everything, to be honest, mate. I'm just loving it. To be fair, I think it's just keeping keeping us going through lockdown, trying to get more yeah. content out. And I yeah. think it's just a great way of getting through lockdown. To be honest, yeah, it is. It is, and you know, not only producing content but being able to watch more and extra content from from everyone um, whether you're a Liverpool fan you know Spurs Leeds anybody it's, um, it is helping people through lockdown that's absolutely true Matt um, Tottenham blog go hit us where can we find you yeah, uh, Matt Hayes, Tottenham blog on uh, YouTube, Matt Hayes, THFC, as it's written on Twitter down there. And if ever you want to see thir- three Spurs fans crying watching football, it's a, it's a place to be. Okay. Uh, Spurs fans crying watching football. There's your watch along weekend sorted. Um, Chris, anything you would like to bring up before we go? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, guesting again on uh, I'm on the last minute winner podcast uh, tomorrow. Uh, I think I think we're going live at eight. Okay, good stuff. So go do, and watch that. Br- do the preview of the City game. <laughs> Good stuff. Go and watch that. Um, with regards to us, we had a great preview of the City game last night with uh, Keith, Shawnee and Steve, the Manchester City fan, who was excellent, by the way. Um, we have had shows during the week. You can go back and watch them. Um, we take tomorrow off, as we always do. We'll be back on Sunday with the Fatback for myself, Grace, Shawnee and Keith, um, I think. Um, none of them have said they won't be in. So um, hopefully that is the, the case come Sunday. Um, of course, that will be a, re- a reaction at 10 p.m. 
game to Liverpool versus Man City and much more because that show was just mad. Um, nothing to do with me, it's the other three. Um, I just, I just well, facilitate you, you, the madness. You mega Bob. Uh, yeah, I just have yeah, a go you at do. Grizz. Just, <laughs> it's always good to have a go at Grizz before you start your um before you start your week. In my opinion, listen, don't forget if you go into the, the description, there's a couple of things in there for you. There is the link to the uh, competition for Keen four pound ninety five, four hundred ninety nine tickets. There's a month to go before we make that live draw with footballprizes.co.uk. We are launching a new newsletter tomorrow as well. That will be out once a week, every week, with links to our shows, links to different things we're doing with sponsors and whatever it might be and anything interesting we come across we're going to lash it on there so if you go into the link in the description for that put in your email address you become a subscriber and every time we hit um every time we hit that button to send it out you will get it automatically it's been an absolute pleasure lads um i've enjoyed it immensely um enjoy your weekends football enjoy your weekends with friends fa- well not friends because you can't see them but enjoy them with your family that you haven't stopped fucking looking at for about six months now um <laughs> enjoy it um enjoy your football and look we'll see you on sunday over and out 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.